This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Good day, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 337, recorded on Monday, September 25th, 2017. Almost got the year wrong there. I don't know why. Well, that's because years are confusing when you get older. They sure are. They get shorter and more confusing as every year that goes by, really. And they all get jumbled up. They do. That was in the late 2000s, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, who knows? Who really knows? It also is confusing because it is so... It's September 25th, and it's ass-chappingly hot outside. Uh, yeah. For where we live. Anyways, it should be, you know, in the sort of maybe 15 to 20 degrees Celsius range. And we're like running 35 today. It's it's nuts. Yep. It was over 30 before the Humidex even, wasn't it? it bonkers. Totally bonkers. I, it's crazy. Something is going crazy with the temperature. But I don't want to complain too much about the temperature because, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's not negative 30. That would not be fun. So it'll happen soon enough, my friend. It will happen. Um, all right. Well, Jason, I hope you're feeling okay. You told me earlier today that you've got a bit of a cold going, but you, uh, took a whole pack of medication and sucked it up and here you are. I feel like shit, Chris. Thanks for asking. And, uh, no, I did not take any medication because, uh, generally speaking, uh, medication doesn't work on me. Oh, really? You have a, an, uh, some sort of anti-medication metabolism or something? I have the constitution of a mountain dwarf is, uh, is the way I like to think of it. Uh, you know, just Stuff like medication, I have a high constitution, I have uh, high saving throws, and that works in, uh, not in your favor when you want to take uh, medication. Uh, and uh, also magic doesn't work on me very well either. So magic and medicine, the two things. Yeah, magic and medicine. I have to, Jenny's the absolute opposite of me. She has to cut any dosage recommend, recommendations in half or it's too much. And I have to double up on everything to huh. even have a hope of it working. Okay. Well, that's why you took the whole package, right? I, I didn't take any. I don't. No. Because I, I don't even bother. Last time, I, I took it over the weekend, didn't notice an appreciable difference in any way, shape, or form, so fuck it. All right. Well, I hope you feel better soon. I'm glad you're here, and I hope you can make it through uh, a podcast recording tonight. Yeah. Well, uh, as soon as you started talking, I hit the mute button and had a uh, coughing fit. So uh, <laughs> we'll just I'll just ride the mute button tonight. It'll be fine. Perfect. Ride the button. All right. Well, if, if, if Jason disappears for a moment, it just means that he's hit the button and he's hacking his lungs out, but, uh, yeah, it only it, creeps up when I talk. So hopefully I don't have to talk too much. Oh yeah. Okay. We'll try to avoid that. I do most yeah. of the talking anyways. It's true. Speaking of talking, we are here of course, to discuss this week's episode of fear the walking dead. Uh, but first we're going to take a quick look back at last week, uh, which was called La Serpiente. We got a little bit of listener feedback about last week and I want to start that discussion by talking about the ratings for last week really quick because I happened to notice them just as I was looking at the Wikipedia page for the show before we started. And they sucked, didn't they? They sucked. Well, in terms of Walking Dead, you know, ratings, they were not very good. Um, according to Wikipedia, last week's episode had 1.985 million viewers. Doesn't seem like it should be enough. Well, sorry. According to Wikipedia, they had 1.99, but I looked up the actual number from TV by the numbers and they listed 1.985. And yeah, that is not 
well, I mean, I don't want to say it's not enough, but I believe it is the first time Fear the Walking Dead has ever fallen below 2 million viewers. Now, that's the number who watched it live. They'll add in the DVR and uh, the on-demand people, and they'll come to the final number later on in the week or at some point. Uh, but for now, under 2 million. Now, so on-demand. I, I consume uh, Fear the Walking Dead through iTunes. Correct. Now, if I choose for some strange reason not to watch the episode, does that count? Even because I bought a subscription? Do like I automatically get counted towards every episode, do you think? Uh, that's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to it. Um, you would think that they assume that anyone who purchases it watches it. And I mean, they may, they may, that may be good enough for AMC, you know, it's like, right. well, they paid for it. So who cares if they actually physically watched it or not? Well, if I get cable, I'm going to get uh, AMC, right? Is that, a, are you assuming I've seen everything on AMC? No, no, not at all. Because cable subscriptions are actually measured some way through Nielsen right. ratings and stuff like that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there can't be any other way for, for, um, tracking iTunes downloads or something like that, other than the fact that it was purchased. So I don't know. Well, Apple knows whether I watch it or not, or whether I don't, they probably know whether I watch it, even if I download it, which I can't seem to do anymore, but that's another thing. Uh, if I download it and then not watch it, iTunes knows, like they're not stupid enough not to track my watching habits as opposed to my downloading habits. I don't know. I mean, I, I agree that you would think they would do that. Um, but there is, if I'm not mistaken, when you install iTunes, you go through a really quick sort of setup wizard. And isn't one of the questions uh, about sending data back to Apple for, you know, improving the user experience and that kind of BS? And yeah, you can, that's just, yeah, I think that's probably something different. They're pretty sneaky, but you probably can, in the terms of service somewhere. Well, you can turn, you can decline that request, but you think no matter what, if you start watching an episode of TV you've purchased from them, iTunes notifies Apple. Yes, I do. I mean, because I wouldn't be surprised. There's a difference between quality control and content uh, consumption, right? Right. So that's the, that's if I was a shithead at Apple that wanted to make sure that I knew what people were watching, that's the hair I would split. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't be surprised and I would be inclined to believe you as well. Yeah. I have really have no idea though. So, um, but the cost that Apple would charge AMC for that data probably is more than AMC is willing to, to pay because as soon as they start paying those fees, then, uh, all of the, uh, the lawsuits against them for, uh, their vertical integration just go out the window because <laughs> no, we're going to pay Apple all this money to find out what people are watching. So we're not going to do that. I don't know. The other thing is normal TV ratings, traditional TV ratings are tracked by, well, Nielsen, I guess. And that's a, that's an independent body, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I, I can't say that they're not, they may be owned in part by all the big TV networks for all I know, but. It's like uh, the beer store in Can in Ontario. Right. It's, it's owned a by. conglomerate. I can't correct. speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is, but maybe, maybe Nielsen is owned by you know, all the TV studios, I don't know, but don't you think Apple might have to, by law, provide some, uh, viewership information, at least to the third party 
supposedly independent TV ratings tracking company? I don't know. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What we need is a TV ratings expert to give us a call or an email and clarify all this. I happen to know someone who works in the industry here in Canada, so I'm going to ask her next time I see her. Good plan. If you're out there and you work in the U.S. American TV ratings industry, if that's an industry or if you have anything to do with it or you just know, um, let us know because I'd be curious to find out a little bit more information. That being said, 1.99 or 1.985 million viewers for last week's episode of Fear. Um, I'm not going to say is the lowest rated episode of The Walking Dead ever, but it does appear to be the lowest rated of Fear the Walking Dead. Huh. And uh, I'd have to go back to season one of the main show to see if those, uh, that episode or that any of those episodes were lower, but I'd be really surprised if they were. So um, anyways. Well, one data point does not make a trend. No, it doesn't. But the trend is definitely that the ratings are going down and down and down for Fear. It's the way it is. The For season three, we started with 3.11 million, went down to 2.7, 2.5, 2.4, then up to 2.5, then down to 2.19. In general, we're going down. Not quickly. They And they, you know, maybe a 0.5 of a million, half a million is not a massive fluctuation. But All right. Well, seems to be, data points does yeah. make a trend. Right. <laughs> see? <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We got, uh, we got a few more episodes this season and... I would expect the season finale to go up again, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right, let's start now our actual listener feedback here by, well, I should play this. It would be wrong if I didn't. Listener feedback. And our first item is a phone call from Lee in St. Catharines. Hey, Chris and Jason, this is Lee from St. Catharines, and I wanted to call with regards to your damn questions. Um, I w- actually work for OPG, and I work for the Hydro Dam Department of OPG, so I can help you out. Um, the ones in Sault Ste. Marie, OPG no longer owns. Uh, we sold them in the late 80s to Brookfield Power. And the majority of our dams and hydro stations across the province are actually unmanned. There's no one there that looks after them. They're all remotely done from a couple of uh, centers throughout the province. They're all secure and all that kind of stuff. And they're checked by security guards and such, but there's no one there to control anything. So if these guys wanted to open the dams, uh, they could be able to do it, or they may not be. They might be locked out. It's all electrical now. But that's also Mexico, not here. So thanks again. You guys do a great podcast. See ya. Thanks, Lee. So he's responding, of course, to our discussion of whether or not they'd be able to open the dam themselves last week. And I know that's kind of Ontario-centric with Lee working in St. Catharines and uh, talking about the dams in your hometown of Sault Ste. Marie. But you got to think the dam technology is likely similar, at least around North America. It could be. It could be. I mean, I mean uh, like you and, and Lee says, it's, uh, it's you know, location specific. Mm-hmm. And Lee, if you work for OPG, you probably work in the Ontario government building. The last time I was there, I went to a restaurant down the main street. I'm not sure what it's called. It's a little diner and I left my hat there. So if you wouldn't <laughs> mind going and grabbing my hat, that'd be great. It's like, a, it's a cap, like an handicap cap. And uh, I missed that hat. All right. Well, Lee, if you see Jason's hat. Pick that up for him, would you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thank you for calling in with that information, Lee. I'm a little bit surprised to know that dams are pretty much 100% automated now, and you don't even need a person there. Huh. Well, they did need a person back in the 70s when uh, uh, I had a tour of the area, but, uh, you know, time marches on, and, uh, you know, that dam is basically a robot. 
pretty much everything is robotic now. It's <laughs> cool, especially dams. Uh, all right, a uh, friend of the show, Adam in Texas, wrote. So we have the ranch, the dam, and the trading post. Did Fear the Walking Dead just catch up to the main show in plot locations? It seems to mirror the multiple camps we're seeing on the main show. Now, if only we can find a tyrannical dude who likes to smash heads in, we'll be all set. Haha, <laughs> in all seriousness, it is copying the main show a little bit, but I actually like that. Well, Daniel Salazar, I think, probably likes to smash heads. Oh, if anybody, he's, he'd be a, he might be a head smasher. We'll see. <laughs> there are still some heads out there that could use a smashing, and... Probably so. a baseball bat kicking around every now and again. Salazar is the guy. Either that or or you get smashed in the head with a grenade launcher and roll down a hill, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. You know, either way. Either works. way, yep. Uh, but yeah, the main show has a bunch of camps, a bunch of locations, and now Fear the Walking Dead has these three different locations. And if, uh, if Brokejaw had not merged with Walker's camp, we'd have four here as well. So... Got lots of different camps going on. I think it's an interesting observation by Adam, and we'll see how many camps are left at the end of the season. Wouldn't be surprised Zero. if, if uh, well, I wouldn't be surprised if something burned down or got lost. Or overrun. Or lost. overrun, yeah. They'll uh, the, the lose the dams. Like, where the fuck did that dam go? God, there was it a... was over, like, west of here somewhere, but <laughs> damned if I could find the dam. There, dam. Was, a, there was a dam dam here a few <laughs> minutes ago. I don't know what happened. Damn uh, it. I just mean lost to, you know what I mean, yeah, to okay. uh, people, That's okay. to the people, not being able lost to Lost is a weird word. It can mean lots anymore. of different things. Correct. Uh, Rick in Rochester, New York writes, in the second to last scene where Daniel is saying goodbye to Madison, he says, be careful of friendly faces. They may stab you in the back. The whole time, his eyes looking at Strand. We know very well what he thinks, so this was a very obvious thing to say. Maybe this is too on the nose, but in the next, in the very next scene, when they're pulling up to Walker, they show him with a friendly face and in plain view a very big knife. I'm an idiot, so maybe this is nothing, but maybe it's foreshadowing some problems between Madison and Walker. I hate to ruin a cheerful ending with a negative thought, but that has me wondering. Uh, so I went and checked the episode, and the actual line that Daniel says is, Be careful. A friendly face will slip a knife in your back when it's turned. I know this. And as he says that, he's staring st straight at Strand. Um, and then, you know, it goes on, as Rick says, to see Walker walking down the street. He looks all happy when, they realize they, when he realizes they have the water. And he is indeed carrying a big knife, which is not unusual for someone on this show or in the zombie apocalypse, but it's there. Um, and the other thing is I would not be surprised at all if there are further tensions between Madison and Walker. Uh, I don't think they're quite buddy, buddy, best friends yet. Sexual tension. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You don't man. think they're each other's love interest in the show? Uh, I do not. I don't, uh, I, I just I can't mean, her husband that. just died, but you know, whatever. Right. I can't you see move that. on. You do. Have Rick to move. moved on. Yes, he did. And I mean, when there's not that many living people left, your choices are limited, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I can't see that kind of thing between them yet. I'm not saying it'll never happen, but I can't see it yet. Uh, but I'm just, I just mean that these two, if these two are suddenly like best friends now, and there's never any tension between them at all anymore, it's going to feel weird to me. Right. Despite what happened in this week's episode. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. So with sexual tension, you don't have to be buddy, buddy. Like they don't have to sit around at night braiding each other's hair, which they can do, but that's, you know, that's what besties would do. They may not be besties, but they could still have uh, a sexual relationship. Well, yeah, I know they could, but I'm just saying I don't feel that yet. If it's coming, I can't really see it on the horizon yet. Can you imagine the, uh, the, the, you know, the drama involved in uh, somebody going against somebody else when, once they're in some kind of relationship, I think that would just add to the tension. So, well, yeah, I'm, you mean if they actually get into a relationship and then have to get out of it because one of them is, I don't know, disagreeable? Well, then somebody has to do something and it piss the other person off and it's, uh, you know, they have to go to war for whatever reason. Right. Right. So anyway, I just think it would add to the, you know. It may. She's just a girl. He's just a boy. <laughs> things happen. Of course things happen. Yeah. I don't think they need any additional, uh, I don't think they need to be in an additional relationship for there to be interesting tension between the two because there's already enough. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And I don't get any romantic vibes between the two. Oh, uh, that doesn't mean anything. No, I guess not. I suppose not. Uh, Did you think Chandler and Monica would end up together at the end of Friends? Oh, God. I certainly didn't at the beginning of Friends. See? Anything Mm -hmm. could happen. Anything could happen. Well, that should be your motto. Anything can happen. It's true. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Rick, for that. Finally, here, another call from uh, Dominic in Quebec. Hey there, everybody. Just before I played Dominic's call, while we were recording, I forgot to drop a spoiler warning in here because uh, Dominic uh, delivers a pretty significant spoiler for the movie Watchmen. So if that's not something you're interested in hearing, just jump ahead about a minute and a half and you'll skip his call and the first little bit of time we spend talking about it. And uh, you should be spoiler free for Watchmen. Thanks very much. Now on with the show. Hello, Chris and Jason. This is uh, Dominic from Quebec. Just a quick comment. You know, the the plan of Victor Strand to actually blow up the water truck to make real on the threat against uh, the dam. Well, that's exactly the plot of The Watchmen. And I'm kind of surprised that uh, Jason wasn't all over that. So uh, that's it for today. Oh, and a really, really quick um, prediction. In the season's finale, Troy will blow up the dam. Don't ask me how, don't ask me why, but Troy will blow up the dam. So, have a nice week. How do you feel about that uh, comparison between last week's episode and Watchmen? It is kind uh, of similar. It is similar. Yes, I'll, I'll uh, agree with that. But I, you know, I'm a, I'm a little surprised I wasn't all over it. But I'm more character-driven than uh, overall plot-driven. So, if someone was like Rorschach, I would have pointed that out. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's a big spoiler. That's a huge spoiler for the Watchmen. So maybe I should... It's not specific, but saying that that is the whole plot of The Watchmen is a huge spoiler. So maybe I should cut that out altogether. No, don't cut it out. Just, you warned them. All right. You said non-specific spoiler, and I'm drawing your attention to the fact that it's very specific and huge. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'll come up with something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, because I don't want to ruin Watchmen for anybody. What about Troy blowing up the dam in the season finale? Sure, why not? I'm going to blow up a dam. Sure, why not? A lot of firepower to blow up a dam. Uh, you probably do, but if anyone can do it, that guy. Well, I mean, the, uh, 
the dam at, at, at the bottom of a dam, the dam part. <laughs> yes. It's probably, it's pretty thick, right? It's got to hold up a lot of water. There's a lot of pressure on there. So to blow that up, you need uh, quite a bit of firepower. You Would you, or would you just need enough to damage it enough that the water pressure would do the rest of the job for you? Well, it depends on how well you design the damn dam, but mm-hmm. I, I would think that they would design it rather well so that it would take a lot of, uh, you know, an earthquake shouldn't do it. Uh, you know, it didn't Superman, but whatever. Right. Well, I, I don't know. I just, it may take a lot of firepower, but I do still think that that dam is probably going to open either on purpose or not on purpose. And, uh, the water is going to flow through by the end of this season. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. All right. Thank you to everyone who called and wrote in about last week. Uh, Let's move on into this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead, season three, episode 12. It was called Brothers Keeper. That's right. Thank you, Lee. It was called Brothers Keeper. And we had a big death. We had a big death in this episode. Big character death. death. Yeah. Thanks, Lee. Find my hat. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Uh, so, but before we get to the death, uh, let's just go through a few things here. Cold open. We see Jake again. We see him living alone, eating some snakes. And, uh, he seems to be writing stuff down, maybe formulating some kind of plan, or it's just the etchings of a madman. Cause he's kind of losing yeah, his just mind. Scribbling. He's just doing loop the loops and T's and I's and stuff. He thinks he's writing, but he's not. He's just writing his own name over and over again with a little heart over the eye. It could be. Uh, no, he's just, it's just a madman's scribble. I don't think there's actual text in there in any way, shape, or form. Did I say Jake or did I say Troy? I think I said Jake, but it's Troy who's, who's it's out Troy. there, It's right? Troy, yeah. Yeah, sorry. And of course, there's no I in his name anyways, but... Uh, you can put in the heart over anything if you wanted to. <laughs> just ask my kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, he goes back to that outpost where the guy had his head eaten by a crow and that made sense to me. Um, I enjoyed this cold open for the most part. I think it makes sense that he would go back there. This was a former outpost of the ranch, and he knows there might be supplies there, including this big grenade launcher thingy he finds hidden in the wall, um, which, you know, would come in handy, I would think. He needs not only does he need weapons, but he's going to use it for a specific pur- purpose. But the question Great a bang bang. Huh? Grade A, bang, bang. That's right. The question I have, though, is after he picks up the grenade launcher, we we see him sitting in the chair outside. He's buried the body of the old guy that was there. And we see him sitting in that chair. And it looks like he might be contemplating using that one bullet that they sent him with on himself. Well, that's what it's for. That's why you give him one bullet. I agree. I understand. But it looks like he's thinking about doing that until he hears this big horde of zombies coming up behind him, and then he appears to change his mind. So I wasn't quite clear on whether Troy had already formulated the plan to lead these this massive horde of zombies toward the ranch, or if that plan came to him in the moment when he saw them coming or heard them coming. Uh, because if he'd... Because if he didn't have, or if he had that plan already, why was he sitting there thinking about shooting himself? Or was he not doing that at all? I think the plan came to him in the moment. He doesn't strike me as a planner, even though he's scribbling in a book. 
I don't think it's real tech. So it doesn't strike me as a big uh, planner. I think he's more of a uh, fly by the seat of your pants, go with your whatever you're feeling, go on a whim kind of guy. Yeah. But then what was the point of showing us the acquisition of the grenade launcher? Uh, before that, like if he, he, what would he need a grenade launcher for if he was just going to go out there and sit by himself and shoot himself? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I just, that's all I'm saying. I just feel like it was I mean, slightly. I found a grenade launcher. It's not because I have a plan for one. It's just because I found one. I'm like, holy shit, I'm keeping that. But, but my point is, I think he knew it was there, right? He knew, he, he knew that was hidden there because this was an outpost from the ranch that he had been to before. And he, and my feeling was he deliberately went and got it and then went and sat in the chair and thought about shooting himself. I'm not saying it couldn't have happened that way. Like maybe he just wanted to go and pick it up. And then he said, and then he realized he didn't have anything to do with it. So he was going to kill himself. But to me, it would have made a little bit more sense. And I may be just picking nits here. If we'd seen the chair scene first, and then we see him go and pick up the grenade launcher because suddenly he had this idea and he knew what to do or what he wanted to do with the grenade launcher. So that's all I'm saying. You should write them a letter and get the editor to go back and change it because that makes a lot more sense to me too. Right. And I don't know, it's, it's a little thing, but I, I think the, the, uh, tension or the intent intention of whatever he was doing, sitting in that chair just before he heard the zombies coming was a little bit unclear for that reason. Um, but at the same time, maybe Jake or uh, Troy is just a guy who's sleep deprived and losing his mind and all the different thoughts are coming at him all at once. So you never know what, you, what he might do. Yep. You know? Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about his plan a little bit. He has decided to direct this enormous horde of zombies right towards the ranch where he was recently exiled from where people he knows people he loves live including his brother mm -hmm. and people he'd spent a lot of time with for a long time also full of people who he hates more than anybody in the world <laughs> hmm. um and that overriding hatred or that extreme hatred has seemed to have overridden any other feelings he might have for the other people left back at that ranch. And he's decided to basically wipe them all out with this plan, which I think is pretty harsh and insane. Yeah. Well, he's probably a sociopath of uh, some degree. And, uh, you know, in the, in his mind, he probably is not thinking of it of, uh, as, you know, killing people he hates. He's probably thinking of, of it in terms of sometimes you have to destroy the village in order to save the village. So, you know, by destroying the ranch and everybody leaving, he'll be setting them free because that place is toxic. Does he really think that, that they're going to be able to escape that though? I mean, that was thousands of zombies coming at them. I don't think he had any delusions that anyone was going get getting out of there alive he decided that he was just going to send them all there and you know let the chips fall and pretty much kill everybody yeah if they if they survive then you know survival of the fittest that's great if they don't survive well they probably were dead anyway in the long run 
I guess so. Maybe that's how he's justifying it. And I suppose even his own people agreed to kick him out and exile him. So maybe there's not a lot of love lost between the people he used to live there peacefully with. Right. But still, I'm, I was a little surprised that Troy sort of went that much supervillain in such a short time. You know, I mean, yeah, he's been through a lot and his father was killed, but uh, he's still decided to murder, you know, he doesn't know Madison is gone, or even if he does know Madison is gone, she might be back. So he's murdering her, he's murdering his brother, and all of these other people that he, he once probably considered like a family, or if not, at least was protecting as part of the militia. So he's completely flip-flopped. And He's crazy, yeah. He's... <laughs> obviously kind of lost his mind he's got a he's got a grenade launcher he's been eating dog food he's he's been eating snakes he's got his own snake rattle now he's uh yeah he's off the deep end totally off the deep end so i i mean i was just a little surprised to see that but at the same time as i've been talking it through here i'm like yeah they did exile him so you know maybe it's not so surprising that he's wants to just basically send the horde to them and wipe the whole thing out uh, any, you know, and any supplies that would be left over, if there were any, he could just pick up and run off with. <laughs> it could be. And of course, there's you a, know, having that many zombies milling about might be a problem. Pretty tough, pretty tough to, uh, to deal with that many, unless they just kept going and headed straight on through. Uh, Jake and Alicia. So they had some stuff going on this episode. First, I just want to say that I am super impressed with what the show is doing with the character of Alicia and Alicia Debnam Carey, the way she's playing her. I think she's been amazing this season, especially, especially in the back half, in the second half. I've, I really noticed it in this episode that, uh, that it was an outstanding uh, performance. It was. It was very good. It was. I mean, when she's in there talking with, uh, with Jake, I mean, she just feels like she's so in charge all the time and she's confident in what she's saying I believe the character entirely, you know, um, and now everybody on the show is pretty good. I, I can't take stuff away from really any of the actors, but I think Deb, Alicia Debnam Carey has been doing a really, really great job. Um, but with her in her conversation with Jake there, I was a little disappointed with Jake in this episode, to be honest with you, <laughs> because I've been saying for a few weeks now that uh, I really enjoy how he is a man who wants to talk things through, peaceful negotiations, come up to some sort of agreement with, you know, enemies or at least people they disagree with without shooting. And he also doesn't, like, he also wants to use that kind of diplomacy over any other option until now because him and Alicia are standing there talking and he suddenly wants to just up and leave. He's talking about taking what they need and going and just leaving everyone behind. And I felt like this was a little out of character for him. He's, he's the guy who's supposed to be there trying to make everyone happy. And I, that's what I liked about his character, but suddenly that was a bit out the window this episode. A little bit, a little inconsistent there. Yeah. So as good as Alicia Debnam Carey has been, and, and this isn't a knock on this guy's acting, but the character was a little bit funny this episode. I think, I just don't believe that he'd abandon all his people like that. Even after everything that's happened. Yeah. So, um, 
And then he, of course, was questioning Alicia's motivations for taking care of him. He says, is this a relationship or an alliance? Which I got to admit, I, I liked that line. I think it's a it's a sort of an interesting or entertaining concept anyways, you know. Can't it be both? Don't I have an alliance with my wife to try and you know, take on the world? I suppose. I suppose. I, I guess it could be both. But you can see the distinction in the situation they're in. Yeah, I can. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the melding of goals. Now, I no longer have individual goals because I don't need them. Uh-huh. We have goals together. That's true. That's very, very true. Um, but I just think it was a fun concept on this show where, yes, everyone is so much about protecting your own and doing what you have to do to survive. He kind of called that out, right? And said, are you, do you really like me or... Are you just sleeping with me so that you'll have, you know, insight into what I'm doing or what I'm thinking or something <laughs> like that, right? So, I don't know. Uh, everybody kind of freaks out in relationships every now and again. It's like, oh, why are you with me? It's like, <laughs> be a man, you stupid idiot. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And he's under a lot of stress, right? Trying to keep the peace and worrying about leaving now. And there's zombies walking around everywhere. And his brother is coming back to kill him although he doesn't know this yet but uh yeah you can always tell yeah you could he could probably <laughs> just assume yeah we kicked him out he's gonna be back someday yeah uh but then back to alicia just as they're going of course nick shows up and tells him that that troy was there in the night and troy is bringing or said something's coming and uh, they need to go find um troy alicia tells jake that he's the last good man she knows Aww. And I think that was great. I, it's exactly how I felt, right? And that's why I was a little disappointed in his his desire to take off and abandon everyone this this week because he's the last good man left. He's trying his hardest. Yeah. And now he's not left anymore. And I was sad about that too because he's dead. <laughs> Poor bastard. <laughs> he's dead. Um, Spoiler for the end of this episode. Yeah, but that's okay. We're allowed to jump around all over the place. Uh, so... The main, I feel like the main kind of plot line throughout this episode was what's Troy doing? You know, what's coming, which isn't a mystery. We find out really quickly, of course, that he's leading the zombies there and what they're going to do about it. And we've got two groups approaching this problem, really. We've got uh, Nick and Jake go out in a truck to find Troy and figure out what's going on. And then we've got Alicia and... Ophelia and everyone back at the camp who realize that the zombies are coming and try to do something, anything to prevent them from being completely overrun. So let's look at the, the, uh, Jake and Nick mission first. Sure. Which for me is the one that, although I was pretty entertained by it, the one thing that bothered me throughout the whole thing is how many opportunities they had to kill Troy. Not that it would solve the zombie problem, but it would at least get rid of a character who I just can't help but think deserves to die so badly, so much. (laughs) And, you know, I feel bad saying that, but man, like what does this guy have to do to get killed by somebody? Yeah, he might be immortal and he, he might be unkillable. Uh, not because he's uh, bulletproof or because he can't be smashed in the head or fall down from heights, but that uh, 
no matter what happens around him, nobody can actually uh, build the will to murder him. Well, it's just it's some kind of magical ability that he has that no matter how much everybody wants to kill him, nobody can because every time they decide to do that, something stops it. Well, what's stopping it though? I mean, they have they have opportunity well, Jake after Jake did it. Jake stopped it. Yeah, okay, but they they opportunity after opportunity to kill this person. A couple episodes ago, Madison should have yeah. killed him. Did he? Yeah, he's he's unkillable. I think I think it might be he, he he's immortal. A couple episodes, Nick should have done it in the house when they were having that firefight in the house. Nick didn't do it then either. Um, uh, today, or I mean this week, Jake and Nick had ample opportunities uh, to take out Troy and they didn't do it. In fact, they, uh, you know, they actively kind of stopped each other from doing it. You know, Nick saying, just give me a minute, don't shoot him. Nick telling Jake that you'll have to live with that every time you close your eyes if you pull the trigger and then hitting him with the with the butt of the grenade launcher to stop him from killing him. It's just I just couldn't help but think, my God, somebody shoot this guy already. Shoot him. Kill him. <laughs> like just get it over with. Well, yes, but I mean you did you drive to work today? Actually I did. Okay, you had ample opportunity to kill a lot of people, and you didn't take any of them. But I don't have... I assume. I don't know about what your commute was like, but I'm going to go ahead and assume you didn't kill anybody. It's true, I did not. And even though you had the opportunity, just because you had the opportunity to kill somebody doesn't mean you should. No, I 100% agree. The difference is I didn't have the motivation or the or a good reason to kill anybody on my way to work with my car today. Everybody on this show... I mean, if you if you can have a good reason to kill someone, if you can, we're talking about a fictional TV show here, everybody remember, please. Yeah. But everybody on this show who has ever had anything to do with Troy, I feel like has a reason to kill the guy. Yeah, they probably should have killed him. Well, <laughs> you know. I, that's why I think he must be immortal Some, somehow. Do you ever watch the Nice Guys movie? Uh, no, I don't think Ryan so. Go you should. Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling. It's actually a really, really good movie. There's just, there's one point where Ryan Gosling's character says, I don't think I can be killed. It's the only explanation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe friggin' Troy is in that, is it part of that unkillable group of people? I don't know. Uh, but what do you think? Why don't you think Nick, why do you think Nick was so hesitant to kill Troy? Is it because Nick killed his father? He feels it's guilty? the whole, uh, it's that whole dynamic of the three of them. Uh, yeah, he killed, uh, he killed Otto and, uh, he's telling Jake not to kill, uh, not to kill him because it'll, it'll weigh on your conscience and like it's doing on mine. So don't kill him. Uh, and so when he goes to kill him, he stops him because he's trying to save him from having that on his conscience. So you're saying that it makes Nick's character better. For not doing this. Well, I don't know about better, but it is, gives him motivation to do it. I mean, it, well, I think Nick has motivation to do it. He just chooses. Oh, you no, mean. No, I mean, motivation to stop the murder. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I can see that, but, oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I just, like, the act of leading that horde to the camp and basically destroying their place destroying where they live out of revenge more than anything 
it just it feels like too much it feels like too much nick should have been like look i killed your father i'm sorry but you gotta go man and i can sort of understand jake not wanting to do it although jake seemed much more willing to do it for a while there than nick did even but he was talked out of it by nick um and if nick hadn't been there maybe jake would have done it but that's the relationship that at least I could understand. Maybe he would hesitate because it is his brother after all. And your brother can be as crazy as a fox and you still might not want to kill him. Right. So yeah, man, don't I don't kill know. your brother. Cause if you kill your brother, you're destined to walk the earth forever. Uh, yes, I guess so. But at this rate, it, Troy's going to walk the earth forever. It, no, it seems like the, uh, when you, when you put it that way, I killed your father and now it's time for me to kill you. Uh, it, it sounds like the opposite of uh, Princess Bride. Hello, my name is Nick. I killed your father. Prepare to die. Right. They should have <laughs> taken the prince. I wish they'd taken the Princess Bride approach here. Right. <laughs> so I don't know, man. And then even later on when Nick and Troy are um, up on the hill and Jake has died from his bite, um, which we haven't even talked about yet, but Jake is dead. That was great. And yeah. And then they're looking down and they can see that the ranch is completely overrun. And I guess Nick has some binoculars so he can tell, I guess that some of the people, yeah, some of the people got <laughs> away and hid in the pantry, which may be why he's not absolutely freaking out and panicking, thinking like his, his entire family and friends are dead. But even then he, I feel like he should have killed, <laughs> uh, uh, Troy and Troy asks him to do it. He says, Nick, just kill me already. Like friggin' Troy wants to die he is trying to like die by die by cop, cop basically yeah suicide by cop kind of kind of thing suicide by nick suicide by friend you know it's like i'm gonna hurt this guy so much that he will have no choice but to hurt me back in a worse way uh but nick says no if you want to die you do it yourself kill yourself and at that yeah. point, I was just like, oh, please kill yourself. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I don't like you. I'm sick of seeing you. And I think you're a bad human being. So my life would be better if you were dead. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm glad but I we're don't want to kill you. I'm glad so, we're talking about a TV show here and nothing yeah, in real life. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Even friggin' Troy won't kill Troy is what it comes down to. Nobody seems to be immortal. Nobody can kill Troy. Nobody can muster the will to kill Troy. Uh, obviously, I it, it seems like it. You know what I was? You know what? After all of this, so Jake is lying there on the ground. He starts to come back because he's now dead. I was hoping, and I came up with this after the fact. I was, you know, all upset that Troy was still alive. I realized. Maybe it would have been cool. I think it would have been a cool scene if Jake had come back and ended up as a zombie killing his brother, biting his brother and, and killing him. It would have been kind of serendipitous. You know what I mean? And biblical. Even if he comes back as a zombie, he, he kills him and then wanders off and Jake just lets him go because that's also within Jake's character to just let the zombie be. And he becomes part of the horde and moves on destined to walk the earth forever, just like Cain and Abel. Yeah. Or do you mean part of Troy's character to let his brother Jake walk off? No, part of Nick's character to let the zombie go. <laughs> okay. You said Jake. <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant Nick. <laughs> sorry. It's confusing. Nick, Jake, and Troy. Uh, 
no, you're right. I could see that happening too. But That's I was hoping great. that in that moment, Troy would, I mean, Jake would come back and surprise them or something like that. And he would take down Troy. Then both brothers are gone. Yeah. It would have been intense. It would have been sad, at least for one of them. And I think it would have been a, a fun, interesting, great way to end their storyline. I like that. I'm going to make that true in my head because yeah. it just makes sense to me. And then, and then Nick would let, uh, uh, would let Troy wander off to walk the earth forever. Oh yeah. I that's, that's, yeah, that makes sense. I like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. none of that happened. Make it so. The whole, <laughs> all of this culminated in Nick telling Troy that he now has to help them find a way to save all the people down there in the ranch that he tried to kill. And, I came up with another uh, potential resolution to all of this that I don't like at all, and that's that Troy is going to help Nick save them and somehow redeem himself in their eyes. Just before he dies? Probably just before he dies, because Nick did say, you'll sleep when you're dead, and he's sort of telling the audience that maybe he's going to die eventually, but I don't know. I don't care what happens now. If he does help him... If, if Troy does help Nick save all the people and he feels redeemed or even Nick and all the people in the ranch are like, you know what? You can come back. He better die. I still, I think whatever happens, he needs to die that character. Yeah. And as long as they, uh, as long, as long as they solve the problem with the grenade launcher, because there isn't a problem on earth that is caused by a grenade launcher that can't be solved by a grenade launcher. Well, Daryl Dixon so showed us that, right? Yeah, so uh, as long as the grenade launcher is used to solve the problem, I'll be happy. Well, and when you think about it, that grenade launcher could have been used to solve the problem before the horde got to the ranch. Yep. You know, kill Troy, pick up the grenade launcher, and fire some grenades behind the horde and get them to turn around and start going the other way. Problems all. Well, only half of them. Well, behind the whole horde, but if you shoot them into the middle of the horde... Only half of them would go the wrong way. Well, and then there'd be like a zombie jam. And then what would happen? Well, no, you shoot one in the middle, you get the ones at the front to turn around and start going back the other way. And then yeah. you shoot one farther back and slowly you turn around the whole horde and hopefully you have enough grenades and just get them going the other way. And in the meantime, you kill a few because the grenades are exploding. You know how hard it is to turn a parade? It's hard. <laughs> I've never tried. I've never even been in a parade, so. <laughs> trying to, I've been in hundreds of parades. I know. But, uh. Trying to get a parade to go in a direction that it, well, actually there's a parade marshal and everybody follows them. So actually it's pretty easy to, to turn a parade because you just follow the guy with the big stick in the front. Sure. And away you go. But, uh, turning a mob is different. Imagine if you will, this is uh, probably the same situation is if you had about 50 or 60 cats and you want all of these cats to go someplace, you're trying to herd them. I mean, sure, you can get a laser pointer and they'd all go in a crazy direction, but trying to get them all to decide that they want to go in the direction you want to go all at the same time is damn near impossible. Yeah, I, I hear you, but I mean, I think grenades are to zombies like laser pointers are to cats and it's the, it's the laser pointer for zombies. And all you got to do is start firing grenades in more or less the way you want them to go. And I think most of them are going to turn around. And the ones who don't, you know, maybe you get 5% of them who still get to the ranch and you can deal with that. You could also, you know, get in the car and blast some ACDC. They'll follow you. Honk the horn a whole bunch. Yeah, they'll follow you. <laughs> so, if you blasted ACDC, I'd follow you. 
Uh, of course. Good band. So anyways, uh, I still think Troy needs to die. I hope he doesn't try to redeem himself or, you know, redeem himself in any way by saving these people. And I think that if they just killed him earlier, they probably could have done at least something about this horde that was heading towards the ranch. So yeah, nothing here was executed very well from a character perspective. As an audience member watching it, I was pretty entertained, I gotta say. I didn't, you know, I could sort of put all that to the side. And really, it comes down to Kill Troy, and they did. Yeah, it reminded me of that country, sh- country song, If I shot you when I wanted to, I'd be out by now. <laughs> See? <laughs> if I shot you when I wanted to, wanted to, none of this would have happened. This, yeah, problem would be solved. So... Uh, okay, so the people at the ranch, Alicia, Ophelia, all of them, their plan when they see the zombies coming is to line up all the RVs along the wall and kind of hope that this directs the zombies away so that they just sort of funnel past the ranch and they keep going if, and they can kind of hide inside. inside. Um, what do you think of that plan? Do you think it ever had a chance in hell of working? Of course not. Didn't happen the last time people tried it and it's not going to happen this time people tried it it's not going to work yeah uh, you're yeah r- it's it's just it's not going to work they didn't even have any balloons like at least last time they had balloons to mark demark things but uh, they just lined up a whole bunch of campers and hoped that it would deflect a herd yeah i don't think so i agree i don't think it ever had a chance of working that being said they don't really know that right these people well, are- no they don't they you know if they don't uh, if this world doesn't have any uh zombie media they definitely <laughs> didn't watch the walking dead no so they don't really know they're still f- relatively new to the zombie apocalypse they yep. can deal with small numbers of them but a big crowd like this um i think they tried the best they could And I must admit, I really, really enjoyed this whole sequence, this entire scene of people trying to defend the ranch. I thought when the the RV started shaking and tipping over, I thought that looked really cool. And it was genuinely freaky, man. Like imagine being them in there and knowing that there's hundreds or thousands of them just beyond those cars pushing them over. Yep. No, I thought that was, uh, it was really well done. And when the, uh, when the RV went over and you could see the zombies kind of like splash up against it like a wave it was really cool it was really cool it reminded me a little of world war z but well yeah it have to it it would have to there has to be that many yeah uh the difference is these are still slow zombies not the super speed ones that are oh in they world are war pretty z. fast well there was some fast friggin zombies in that herd yeah but they're not runners they're they still but that guy that uh, who was the character that uh, tried to shoot himself and then uh, Alicia had to shoot him Cooper Coop Cooper they got Cooper pretty quick those those three zombies that piled on top of him were pretty goddamn fast they were they were I was sad to see him die too because although he hasn't been in the show too much not had too many he had more lines that I think in this episode than he's had in the rest of the rest of the season but I kind of like that dude and I was yep. sorry to see him go. You know, he was Always the one. save the last bullet for yourself. Yeah, he didn't remember that. He tried. But he was the one who, when they realized that the the herd was coming, he turned to, uh, what's his name? Crazy Dog. And, yep. and said, you know what? Forget our differences. We got to make a last stand here. He was yep. the one who said that. And I really appreciated that. You know? We need more guns. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, that should have been Jake. 
saying that because that seems to be his mentality. But with Jake absent, they gave that to Coop. So uh, I enjoyed that. But otherwise, the fighting in uh, once the zombies did break through the RVs, the, the, the battle that everyone had to fight there, I thought was really, really well done. It felt really real and frightening. And I think it portrayed the, the chaos really well of what was going on. And it felt like people were getting overwhelmed and surrounded and, you know, people were dying. So I really, really liked it. I thought they did a great job. This was one of my favorite, like, big time zombie fighting scenes would certainly in this show and maybe in either of them actually. So I think, yeah, I think it was, was really good. Cool. Especially too, when they were retreating towards the pantry door and we have Alicia, Ophelia and, and crazy dog basically surrounded and they have to fight their way through to the door. I thought it was great. And I wasn't sure that all three of them were going to survive. I'm not sure that all three of them didn't get bit. It seemed like there was enough chaos there that somebody might've. Now, if you had to take a guess, it's probably, you think Ophelia? Yeah, well, she was underneath a couple of zombies there fighting uh, for her life there. I thought maybe that she uh, she was bitten. And I think that that might be an interesting plot device for uh, when her dad shows up. I think you are absolutely right. Uh, I could see them doing that. I was going to say, if you had to guess, it would probably be Crazy Dog, whose real name is Lee, right? Ophelia used his real name in this. Or not real name, but his like... Uh, I don't know, English non name? Non-crazy dog name. Non-crazy dog name. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so call him Lee or crazy dog, but you know, I would think maybe he would get bit, but uh, I think Ophelia actually is a really good call. If she has a hidden bite somewhere that will not kill her quick enough um, so she dies before the, the trade next week, uh, you know, it could be, that could be a thing. I could, I oh, could. I think she's going to be infected, but not dead when she reunites with her father. Right. And that could only be a couple days away from now, right? Yeah. It could be the next day. Yeah. I think. But they're stuck in the mall. I mean, the uh, the pantry, which is one of my favorite parts of this uh, this episode was that when in doubt, go run into, if you're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, move into the local mall. In this case, the local mall or the grocery store is the pantry. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what they did. Smart yep. move. It's secure and it's full of all their stuff. So it is a good place to be. I don't know how they're going to get out of there, but this is now up to Nick and Troy to figure it out. I assume there's a back door. Like what kind of, what kind of uh, underground room would not have a back door? Every underground place should have a, a couple of exits. Well, at the very least, there's some sort of ventilation system, right? So you crawl through some vents and get out somehow. Yeah. And that's actually uh, for uh, in, when you're building an underground bunker, what you do is you use your ventilation system as a an alternate uh, method of egress. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen that in underground bunker movies over the years. Yeah. So I, I don't know that there would be a backdoor. And even if there was, or even if there was a well, with some sort of ventilation escape uh, tunnels, I think you might still be coming out in too close proximity to where all those zombies are. So it might yeah. not well, be worth getting out of there. So I still think it's up to Nick and Troy to figure something out here. Yeah. I assume the bunker has a bunker. <laughs> there's a, a panic room in the bunker. Yeah, there's got to be, right? Like, well, who would build a bunker bunker without a sub bunker? A sub bunker, yeah. And then your sub sub bunker and just keep No, going. no, it's just sub. That's, don't get crazy. Okay, sorry. <laughs> We wouldn't want to get crazy around here. Yeah. 
okay. Um, anything else in this episode? I think this was, despite the fact that Troy's still alive, I think this was a really good, solid, entertaining episode of this show. Well, the fact that Troy's still alive is a story thing and not a knock against the episode itself, right? It's just you disagree with the story. I do. Which is, yeah. So I think this was a solid episode. It's probably my favorite episode of this season so far. It was. It was a good one. Did you feel any kind of um, predictability to things like, you know, Alicia having her little moment with, um, with Jake and then him dying later on? Or even like the little things like he gets bit and they try to cut off his arm, which is something we've seen a bunch of times. Like. You could sort of see those things coming a bit, but they didn't bother me. Did they bother you at all? I didn't see them coming. Oh, you didn't think? I mean, the second time I watched the episode, I knew exactly what was coming. Sure. The first time, no, I was on, and I'm notoriously bad at predicting what's going to happen while watching a show. My wife, on the other hand, knows exactly what's going to happen based on the clothing that they're wearing. Right. But you didn't. If you're wearing white, you bleed. If you're wearing matching colors, you get along. If you're wearing contrasting colors, you are fighting. All right. That seems, uh, well, it's probably a real thing, but did you, even when Alicia said you're the last good man I know and he leaves, you, nice. you, yeah, you didn't think, oh, Troy or, uh, Jake is, he's in for it now. No, no. Oh, okay. Well, I that's good. That was sweet. I thought what they would ride off into the sunset together. Uh, yeah, I was hoping they would too, frankly. I didn't want him to leave, but I, I did hope they would be able to spend a little more time together before one of them was killed. But... As soon as she said that, I'm like, oh, he's going out and he's not coming back. But I'm glad you didn't see that coming because maybe that means that it wasn't quite as obvious to everybody. And that makes the episode better, in my opinion. Well, we got the, it was obvious to 50% of this podcast uh, hosts. Right. So um, <laughs> sample size means is not big enough, but let's. Uh, yeah, well, we can, you know, infer a little bit from that. <laughs> but about half the people saw it coming, half didn't. All right. Well, fair enough. I guess that's okay. <laughs> that's the white male audience. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> that's us. That's us. Uh, I have a few additional sort of smaller notes uh, about this episode. I liked how the, the herd was represented kind of by a massive cloud of dust coming at them, which, yep. which was kind of cool because they were, you know, shambling through the desert and it was all dry and dusty and kicking up a lot of dust. Thought I that. like the fact that they had to kill the herd. Earlier in the episode, when the cows were being, uh, were drawing the, the smattering of zombies. Yes. And they said, uh, we got, well, we have to put the herd down or we have to kill the herd. Right. Shucks. Little did they know that yeah. they really would later on. That was good too. Yeah. But they didn't call it a herd. They called it a horde, right? They did call it a horde. That's why I was calling it a horde earlier. And then you said herd. I'm like, oh yeah, that's more walking dead terminology, but not on this show, I guess. Not on this show, but did, 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 did refer to killing the herd earlier. I thought that was nice. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Isn't that good? Yeah. Um, now, the two groups at the ranch, I've been thinking all along that they would be, you know, brought together to fight a common threat. And I assumed it would be this proctor person at the uh, trading post. And of course, I could, I think you could lump in Daniel and everyone at the dam as well. And we probably have a threat or a fight against the proctor. Turns out, though, that the people at the ranch were brought together by this massive horde of, of zombies. So I thought that was a nice twist, and now they have to deal with that. Uh, Assuming the, that the horde is not the Proctor's horde. Um, probably not the Proctor's horde, and I still think the Proctor will be a threat coming up in before the end of this season, and, pro, and a serious one. But I just like, this horde is one of the 
driving factors to bring everyone at the ranch closer together so that they're better prepared to fight some other enemy. Yeah. Seems like well, a, I have a, I have a good solution for building walls and for uh, protecting yourself against uh, zombie, uh, zombie hordes. Okay. You get shipping containers and you fill them with concrete. Those are heavy and hard to move. And you stack them up. You can stack them 14 high. Well, I think you need a crane for that, which could be hard to come by. Oh, if you're going to get 500 shipping containers, you, you know, bring a crane. You probably got a crane too. Yeah. Uh, sure. Well, better they have than RVs. cranes for those things. Yeah, I guess so. Better than RVs. Anyways. Yeah. Um, two other things. Coop refers to the zombies as the dead, not the infected. And I think it's the first time maybe that someone has called them or I, I guess it's not the first time they've acknowledged that these are dead people, but I just thought it felt like the first time we heard a character in the show say something like the dead or the undead. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever used the term undead, have they? But still, I just, it stuck out to me, you know, that he, for, for once they weren't the infected, which they usually are. Nice. And then the other big thing here is that when Nick first sees the giant dust cloud down in the ravine. Yep. He says, fuck. Oh yeah. First time the word fuck has been used on either Walking Dead show. Holy shit. I didn't catch that. Yeah. It's actually kind of a big deal because news came out today that apparently AMC has decided to make that word okay across the board for all of their shows. Shit. <laughs> no, fuck. <laughs> um, which is interesting because I've been watching Better Call Saul season three the last week or so, and an F-bomb was dropped on that show, which caught my ear at the time. I thought, huh, that's interesting. I remember Breaking Bad came very close to using it. I think, oh, Walter White was in the kitchen with Skyler and one of them said it, but there was a little sound effect over part of it, so it was partially obscured. I forget now exactly. Uh, but Preacher, I think, has been using it. And now, as we know, Fear the Walking Dead. So, I think yeah. in Season 8, we're going to get some F-bombs in the main Walking Dead show. Nice, finally. I, we almost had one with Rick, but uh, he chickened out. He chickened out. And as we know, Negan is, uh, you know, weaves a masterful tapestry of the, the F word. Well, I, I don't know if they'd go that far. Like that's, uh, that's South Park, uh, South Park kind of territory, how many times they can swear in an episode, right? I don't know if they just go, <laughs> okay, we're green lighting the word fuck, yeah. but you know, you know, pump the brakes on giving Negan full reign to do what he needs. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I don't think we're going to get full on comic Negan, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get... Two or three, maybe a half dozen at most F, F words in The Walking Dead in season eight. And maybe they'll ease us into it a little bit. But now that AMC seems to be okay with the idea, I it would only make sense that, you know, they put them in there because that's the way people talk. And you want people to talk the way people talk. <laughs> I know? do want people to talk the way people talk. Exactly. I wish the way people talk would talk the way I want them to talk. Right. And say what I want them to say, but... You know, that rarely happens. Rarely, if ever. Well, anyways, I think it was a big deal. So I think we're going to see some F-bombs coming up on this show more probably. And 
on the main show. Uh, and I think it's good. I think it's exciting. I'm excited. Who doesn't like a good F-bomb once in a while? Probably lots of people, but fuck them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so there you go. I mean, that's this episode. I think it was a really solid one. I assume next week we are going to get... Uh, the return, well, I don't know what's going to happen next week. We're either going to see the aftermath of this giant zombie horde or herd coming through the, through the, the ranch, or we're going to get that combined with the return of Madison with the water truck. What'll be a bummer is if, you know, like when they were driving the, we, uh, uh, the truck up to that blockade in the, in the, um, in the road, in the highway couple episodes or last episode if yep. they just drive right up to the gate of the ranch and suddenly there's 10,000 <laughs> zombies there and they oh. don't know what to do what's all these people doing here <laughs> those guys, aren't people <laughs> you guys are new where'd you come from <laughs> so we will have to see but great episode i like this one quite a bit it would really suck if they'd have to show up with the water truck and then end up using the water to spray them all to get them under control oh man that would be quite the bummer yeah anyways uh, okay. Um, we're going to save any additional feedback, uh, for, for next time, but, uh, um, keep writing in if you want and, uh, and we'll read it all and listen to it all and, and try to get it on the air at the beginning of next week's episode when we take a look back at this one. Um, so that's going to do it for today. And Jason, you're probably feeling okay with that because you need to get to bed and get some rest and get all better for, uh, the rest of the week to come. Mm, super, super Tuesday tomorrow. Super Tuesday. Um, is it really super Tuesday or are you? No, it's just Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> uh, one last thing. When they cut off Troy's arm. That oh, was yeah? awesome. That was a really good effect. It was awesome. That's all? That's it. Good effect. Greg, good work. All right. I am glad, or whoever is in charge. I don't know if Greg Nicotero's day-to-day on this show. His but... name was on it. Okay. I'm sure he... You know, told them where the bones were. He probably oversaw it. Yeah. So yeah, it did be, look cool. He probably went, okay, show it to me. Okay. That looks good. Yeah. Do you think. Here's a thousand dollars. And a scarf. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you think. Oh, I was going to ask you. I am glad that it, they just did it in one chop. Like that must have been a pretty sharp machete, but I am glad we didn't have to sit through him hacking away and chopping his arm multiple times. It was just one like nice, solid right through it like butter yep no it was uh it was really good they should have cauterized it but you know who might have judged well they were rushing back to get medical attention is what they were doing and then yeah but that's that's a good way for someone to bleed out well like sure you cut off their arm and then you put them in the back of a truck and drive for a while <laughs> <laughs> that's they, a recipe for disaster of course but they didn't have the uh the supplies they needed to they uh, had a belt get a tourniquet on that guy i guess so i guess so maybe they did maybe they did we just didn't see oh, it. But my belt's holding up my pants. If I give him the belt, who's going to hold up my pants? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Priorities, my friend. Priorities. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up there. Thanks so much, everyone. Uh, just a quick note. Um, I, the other night, bought my plane ticket to Atlanta for Walker Stalker Con at the end nice. of, uh, of uh, October. Shit, that's coming up. It's coming up soon. So I hope to see a bunch of people there. That is the last weekend of October, just before Halloween. And Walker Stalker is the big one. So if you're in the area, get there. We can hang out. We'll have a meetup and uh, it should be really fun. I will likely be involved in some panels again. So come to my panels and you can see me. It'll be exciting. Nice. 
Uh, otherwise, though, send your feedback to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website, click on send voicemail to send us a voicemail message if you'd like. And you can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Talking Dead. Um, and that's all the ways to contact us. If you would like to help out with the podcast, we really re- appreciate it if you visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the talking dead make a small monthly pledge all the money collected goes into the costs associated with putting on the show and uh, we really really appreciate everyone who helps out in that way you can also just help us out by uh, using our amazon links go to talkingdeadpodcast.com slash amazon and click on the country of your choice for um for doing your shopping at amazon we're gonna have a announcement coming up in the next few weeks related to our Amazon links. So I think we will talk about that on our podcast for the season finale of Fear the Walking Dead, which is three weeks from now, because we've got episode, what do we have next? We've got episode 13, 14, 14. and then 15, 15, 16 16. are on the same night. So we'll have an announcement about the Amazon links then. Um, So stay tuned for that in a few weeks. But for right now, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. So really quick after hours today, everyone, I I wanted to bring something up here that's Walking Dead related that I just noticed uh, the other day. For some reason, yeah. I thought it would be fun to go back and rewatch the uh, season eight trailer because, as you know, I'm very excited about it. And I realized something about the trailer. Uh, what? There is a character who does not appear at all in the trailer. I think, if I'm not mistaken, is it Negan? No, he is definitely in there. It is, is it Abraham. Uh, yeah, but that's not so surprising. <laughs> Glenn's uh, not in it either. Who is it? It's Eugene. No. I'm no. pretty sure Eugene is not in the trailer and I feel like he's a big important part of the show right now and I'm surprised that he's not there and I started thinking it must it must mean something that he's not there. I feel like they're hiding something from us because anything they show us regarding Eugene will give something away. Well, there's only two possibilities. What are those possibilities? He's dead or some son of a bitch gave my haircut. And we don't want to, uh, we don't want to spoil the haircut, eh? No. I don't know. I just started thinking like he's probably integral to something that's going on and they don't want to give that away, whether it's for Negan's side or for Rick's side or what, but either way, I'm surprised that he wasn't there and you look genuinely surprised that he's not there as well. I'm super surprised that, uh, I didn't realize it. Yeah. So I don't know. That's all I wanted to say. If anyone else has any thoughts on uh, why Eugene might not be in there, let us know. But I don't think it's because they just don't feel like he's important enough because you see everybody else. Oh, yeah. Right? And they're not stupid enough to give him a haircut. Oh, I hope not. So he's he's got to be dead. He's got to be. Uh, yeah. Maybe he <laughs> dies early. Maybe he dies in the friggin' season premiere and that's that. Cold open. I predicted that before. Somebody dying in the cold open. Yeah. Didn't happen. No, but you went through a string there where you made some predictions that came true. So you've had your ups and downs. I have. (laughs) Anyways, no Eugene. Um, That's all. I just thought it was an interesting little point.
Cool. See you next time. Bye.